Hello, you mindful mamas, and welcome back to another episode of the Enlightened Hood Podcast, where I share real motherhood stories and empower the soul of the mother through mindfulness and spirituality. I'm your host, Lena Lemos. Today's conversation I have so been looking forward to sharing because I have been going through such a spiritual transition lately, and I feel like I haven't gotten to dive into just like spiritual awakening 101 with anyone yet on this podcast. And I'm so excited to talk today with intuitive coach and energy healer, Bethany Evans. And we are talking about how to navigate your spiritual awakening and what that means for us as mothers and the importance of being a spiritual guide for our kids. And then Bethany shares her own spiritual awakening and how pregnancy really set her on this path that changed her entire life. So I am a firm believer, and I say this in this conversation, that we find everything exactly when we are supposed to. So if you're starting to wake up, you're starting to go through your spiritual journey, this is for you. And just know that within the Enlightenhood community, you have an entire tribe of soulful and spiritual women who are here to support you, guide you, and really talk to you about all the depths of spirituality. So here's Bethany. One thing I love about this podcast, but we haven't really gotten to talk a lot about is just the spiritual awakening that happens Mm. when you become a mother. And I know for you, it really kind of went full blown (laughs) (laughs) after becoming a mother. And the same has happened for me too. And we've always touched a little bit on it on this podcast, but never like a really good story about it. So awesome. I would love to talk about that. (laughs) I figured you might. Yeah, (laughs) I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for having me on here. And I'm, I just, the biggest thing for me lately has been community and building up a really strong support system of women around me, whether they're moms or or not. Um, I think that's so important for us to have each other. And I feel like in society, we've kind of been disconnected from each other and (laughs) like, you know, taught to, um, I don't know, judge each other or, um, you know, that, that kind of mean girl thing, like (laughs) talk about each other behind each other's backs. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I would love to see the world shift in, in, in that way and see women supporting each other so much more. That was one of the biggest reasons I created this platform because in the life I have in New Jersey, a lot of the people in my life are in my life because they were a part of my husband's life. Yeah, the sentiment of just in New Jersey is so much different than I'm used to because I grew up in upstate New York where in Ithaca, which is the hippie capital of the East Coast, (laughs) like peace, love, let's drink a lot of wine and splash the lake. And when I I moved to New Jersey, just it was was so much different. And I found myself kind of being caught up in those stories of the mean girls whose my life was only gossip to them. I'm like, wait a second, this isn't right. This shouldn't be happening and breaking the cycle. It's like, okay, I'm going to create my own, my own little reality where women like this do not exist. Yes, exactly. And that's the beautiful thing about a spiritual awakening is you realize that you can you have the power to create that for yourself. Yeah. And you don't have to engage in those stories or those people's lives that make you feel like that. My the name of my business yes. is it's all about authenticity. So empowering everyone, not just women and moms, but everyone to be authentic and to to live in a way that they feel comfortable living without 
caring about how other people view them or, you know, making judgments about them. It's amazing how such a simple concept is so hard. Right? (laughs) That's another thing with spiritual awakening is you realize how simple it really is. And you're like, why do we complicate things so much? Where did we come? Like, where did we go wrong? I don't want to, like, I don't like to use wrong, but it's like, where did we get this so complicated idea of how we should be with each other? You know what I'm saying? All these shoulds, Mm -hmm. like you should do this and you shouldn't do that. And, you know, when really we're all so unique and individual and for, for whatever reason, we think we all have to be like each other, like, you know, and we are definitely interconnected and we have similarities, but there's always a slight nuance to everybody that makes them unique and different. And that's what I learned um, in early childhood was um, that not every child learns the same, you know, and, and there's so many factors that go into how a person develops and starting, um, early as a child, their environment, their, um, obviously their, like, if we want to get into like astrology, you know, their birth chart and all Mm -hmm. that stuff, like all that stuff that makes them, them, the personality, um, their experiences in life. And so why are we attempting to fit everybody into this group majority box, you know, that everyone has to do things this way. And that's the right way. I completely agree with that. And it's so nice and refreshing to talk with women, especially who get it Mm -hmm. and have gone through that and are just over. I was talking about this earlier because I'm working with a karma healer. Um, Mm. And we were talking about just how when you get to a certain point, just your conversations with people change. Yeah, with people who go through this spiritual awakening. And I don't know about you, but I'm just at the point where I'm over just having shallow small talk with people. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't like to put myself in situations like I'm almost hesitant to meet new people sometimes unless I know that they're into the same things Mm -hmm. as me. Because you don't want to get those weird looks where you're like, what are you talking about? Or, you know, like, what did you just say? Like, yeah. And then you're just like, uh, here comes the, yep. now all of, then it, then it triggers all of your um, judgments about yourself. And then like all of the past things, yeah. especially like as it, I'm sure maybe you've experienced this, like as a child growing up, you just kind of notice things differently or felt mm-hmm. differently than everyone else. Didn't really feel like you fit in with yes. everybody. And and you, you kind of just suppress that and numb it as a child because you kind of have to survive and get through it and you're not really fully understanding it, especially if you don't have parents or people around you who can teach you about what it is you're, you're going through or talk to you in a way that you need. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it, it brings back all of those memories of like, oh, now I don't fit in. I'm an outsider. I just want to go mm-hmm. home now and be by myself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So one of the biggest things when you do go through this spiritual awakening is finding that, that group, your, your soul group, because we all have, um, connections with different souls and they're, they're generally scattered probably all throughout the world. And, but you guys, we somehow find them, right. Mm -hmm. Things happen where we find each other and, um, it's about finding that community and that support so that you have those people to go to, to learn from, to, um, be able to just talk about what you're going through and to really feel like (laughs) there was a bird that's trying to get in my window right now. (laughs) There's been a lot of birds like surrounding me lately. Um, so anyways, yeah, 
but yeah, being able to talk about what you're going through and not feeling crazy. That's the biggest thing. You don't want to feel like you're crazy because there are some points where you really do sit there and are like, nobody around me is experiencing what I'm experiencing. Mm -hmm. You know, you can visibly see like nobody see nobody's is nobody else seeing this? Yeah. You feel like you're like, am I in a movie? Like, and you don't see that. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Yeah, <laughs> that happens to me multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and so it's about you. Really need those people you can reach out to, whether they're around you or not. To, um. Yeah, just connection. Connection is so, so important. I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned is how important relationships are mm-hmm. in in life, in, in being able to survive. And that's something I did learn through early childhood education too, is that we need connection, relationship, love to survive. It's actually a bigger need than like physical needs, like water and food and shelter. Like we can survive through having just like one connection with somebody else over like eating you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like that's why when you like break up with somebody you stop eating you know you you don't want to go anywhere and like your body adjusts to it right so it's like our physical bodies don't actually need it as much as I feel like we in society tell ourselves we do (laughs) it relationships are the biggest thing I think we came here on earth to experience and how powerful and profound it is that we can experience all of these feelings that we feel whether it's uh, deep depression and sadness to anger and rage to love and euphoria, you know, all of those things are what we came here to experience. And we generally don't tap into those emotions unless it's through other people and through our relationships. Right. And that's why when we have children, they awaken that, Mm -hmm. that a part of us that we were like, Oh my God, I didn't even know this type of love existed (laughs) because they're so pure and they're so perfect. And I'm even just like getting emotional thinking about it because we children come into this world and they're, they are that they're just perfect and things that happen to them determine, you know, how they end up being later in life and the things they have to experience. But they generally know the direction that they're supposed to be going in life. You know, we innately do know, but, but because we are told we have to fit into certain things, we then start to go a different route. You know, we get kind of sidetracked on what our actual purpose is here on mm-hmm. life. But if we, my, I would love if everyone could just look at their children and be like, okay, I don't understand exactly why they need to do this, but I'm going to allow them to, because I trust that they are actually a very intelligent soul here. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And they, they, they know what they're supposed to do and what they need from us is really just to be supportive and to create that container of safety. They really need us to be, to keep them safe so that they can experience life in a way that isn't traumatic and, um, and kind of veers them off their path. And, uh, so I think I would love to see every child have that opportunity. Um, one day I'm sure it'll get there, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's up to us to create Mm -hmm. that protection bubble and that safety, that sacred safe space for them to really step into their purpose and their calling. Right. And that doesn't mean also giving them everything that they want. It doesn't mean like, you know, just completely, it doesn't mean being all sunshine and rainbows all the time either. You know, sometimes we, we have to, there are hard lessons we have to learn 
and and in saying like, okay, you cannot do that here because this will get you, there's some kind of consequence. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, I believe in multidimensionality and that we all have past lives and we've possibly incarnated in other planets or other dimensions yes. and have experienced, um, you know, all of that stuff. So where they come from, they could have an imprint where they believe, you know, that they, they're just used to doing things a certain way, but here on earth, like that might get you killed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. literally, and so it's about us who that's our job as parents is like, we've already lived here so many years. So we're supposed to be like, okay, like without, without dulling it, you know, like giving them the opportunity to express it or to, to, um, you know, live whatever it is they're supposed to do here on earth, but within the parameters of like, okay, but you can't, you can't go that far to, you know, like kind of giving. I don't know, like be a guide in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we're their spirit guide. Yes. Like we all have all have our own spirit guides and we're just a physical guide for our children without thinking we know what's best for them, allowing them to make their own decisions. But also when we know that they're coming from a place of just, it's almost like innocence and being a little bit naive because they're not, they haven't lived here on earth as long. Mm-hmm. That's where you kind of step in to like provide that the guidance of like, you know, okay, you can do that, but it's going to have this consequence, you know, and then kind of allowing them to decide what they want to do based on that information. I actually gifted myself a reading with a woman who channels the council of light for my birthday. And one of the questions I asked her was, why did my daughter choose me? Why, why did she choose me? And they said, your temperament, the way that you share information and the way you converse is going to help help her remember who she is and it's going to help her when the time is right and when she's going to need it most for her purpose yeah and it just gave me goosebumps because if we and I've talked about this on this podcast before but if we just view our children in the sense that they knew exactly what they were coming to this earth to do stand in the way of that right yeah Oh my God. That's so beautiful. Oh. <laughs> I'll have to get the name of that person that yes, you went to. I, I love will, that. I <laughs> yeah. Cause it was really amazing. And yeah, you talked about interdimensional beings. We talked a lot about mm-hmm. our star families and just all yeah. the amazing energy that we have surrounding us. So I highly recommend mm-hmm. anyone listening to yeah. connect with the councils of light. Oh, totally. Yeah. Any kind of, I feel like any, any avenue that allows you to learn more about yourself and who you, who you are, the things that you can't really explain, you know, that's all about what my business is like, why I developed my business was self-awareness, you know, Mm -hmm. and and, and so first, if we, cause I realized, you know, I was, I was a preschool teacher and I was teaching children. And then I got to a point where I was like, we don't need to teach children anything. Like they already know, like we just have to provide them opportunities to explore different areas so they can realize what it is they're supposed to do, you know? And then I was like, it's actually the parents and the teachers who need the support to realize who they are and what they're going through so that they don't unconsciously project their stuff onto the children. You know, that's what I noticed happens a lot mm-hmm. and it happened in my childhood. It happens in a lot, you know, it's very common and, and I'm not like making a judgment, but it just is what we've done because we haven't been given the tools as children to understand what is happening within us. Um, specifically with our emotions. We have intense emotional reactions, especially if you're very sensitive to energy. And and sometimes you have no idea what's happening and we don't have the tools. And any type of avenue, whether whatever it is anyone's interested in, you know, I don't say like there's one way because there's like all kinds of different ways you can learn about yourself. Like I'm doing it through like astrology, Mm -hmm. through tarot, through, um, you know, uh, quantum 
QHHT, which is quantum healing hypnosis technique, if you've heard of that, and Dolores Cannon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that. And um, I had like a session done with somebody who was training to do that. And um, just anything where you can learn more about yourself as an entire being, not just who you are here on earth, but like all the lives lives that you've lived, if it's relevant. You know, sometimes it's not actually relevant for everyone to learn about past lives, but sometimes it is. Like, and and to notice things when they get presented to you. Like, I've been getting a lot of... Egyptian things um, mm. coming into my life. Mm-hmm. And I've realized that I have a really strong connection to um, Isis and Osiris yes. and ancient Egypt and yeah, um, different. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, so any, any way that you can become self-aware is the best way to uh, like get through life without, um, I don't know, without, I don't even know what the word is I'm looking for. Just the, the best way to get through life. And I, f- I think that I just want to promote that for everybody so that so that then they can then do that for whoever else is in their life. Um, you know, yeah, become self-aware, reflect. I completely agree with that. A hundred billion quadrillion percent. <laughs> and I've actually thought about doing a podcast on just spirituality in general. And yeah. just, I've used mindfulness kind of of the fa- as the foundation of enlightenment just because it's, yeah. it's the safer term, right? Than right. spirituality, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> but it's almost no, a gateway drug to spirituality because yes. once you're aligned and you're showing up in your present, present and you're so much more aware of everything that's happening wire once you start to go deeper that's when the spiritual awakening kind of begins exactly and a lot of people are afraid to talk about that stuff and that's why um and when we're talking about like the majority of and trying to be like appealing to the masses that's why you're using mindfulness Mm -hmm. because you know that's like mainstream you know you got to use what's mainstream and then once you get in to, um, you know, actually talking to somebody or getting deeper, you realize that like people are actually pretty aware, but it's like, we're just not talking about it because there's like this underlying fear that if we do, we're going to get persecuted or, um, you know, something, some, something's going to happen. There's just a, it's just fear. It's fear because we're different because it's not super mainstream yet, but slowly I've seen over the years, like different topics that I've noticed, like there are different, taboo things, um, you know, like same sex marriage and all those things that mm-hmm. were once never talked about. It was like blasphemy, you know, like, um, a sin and it was wrong. All those things are slowly starting to become more mainstream. And I think that this, us doing this is definitely helping with, with that, with the spirituality, with multidimensionality and, um, spiritual awakening. I see it slowly becoming more mainstream, but you're, I, and I've been working with a coach who's been helping me with this too, is like, because I do tarot, I read tarot card mm-hmm. reading or tarot cards and, and Oracle cards. And I, I do that for my business. And he was kind of like, you know, well, what about appealing to every, you want to be able to appeal to everybody so that, you know, what if it's a, someone who's super religious or, you know, um, you don't want to off put somebody by leading with the tarot cards, mm-hmm. you know, which, which I get, but it's also like, I'm like, well, if they don't throw into tarot cards, then they're probably not going to want to work with me anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but I could see where he was coming from in that he's like, I know you can help a lot of people, but but it, you know what I'm saying? Like when it comes to like nitty gritty, like dealing with their emotions and emotional processing and understanding who they are and what they're going through, which is a bit the main theme of what I do. But sometimes I just have tools like my tarot cards that are more interesting and it's a little bit, it gets to the point, you know, I can... I. I can feel energy, but sometimes it's a little bit too much. And it's, I have way too many like 
things coming in that when you have the tarot cards, it's like, okay, this is actually what's coming through. You know, it yes. pinpoints what's coming through. And, um, but his whole point was, um, that you want to appeal to the masses. And then once you get them in there and you're talking to them, you can kind of say, Hey, I have this tool. Would you mind if I used it? You know, kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of what you're doing with mindful with the word mindful. Yes. It's, you know, yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once you get in there, you're like, let's talk about the spiritual yeah. awakening. And then everyone's probably like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yep. Yes, exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. And it's just funny how we do kind of hide behind mindfulness, especially yeah. those of us who have gone through through a spiritual awakening because it is mm-hmm. it's it's the it's the facade that appeals to the masses and then you yeah. can kind of feel people out of whether or yes. not to go deeper and I was actually talking to another woman on who I did a podcast interview with before and she's like I always have to kind of feel out people before I start getting yeah. really woo-woo on them because otherwise <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> otherwise they get turned off <laughs> yes it's so true and that's that's something I realized um I went through a an ontological life coaching program where I was training to be a life coach. And I really went there for the personal transformation because I was kind of in the deep kind of like what they call dark night of the soul kind of Mm -hmm. experiencing thing. And I was looking for like-minded people and a community and support. And their program was all about um, personal transformation, leadership development, and then coaching. And I knew I wanted to start my own business. So I was like, okay, this is going to help me. But that was one thing when I was deep in this stuff already, like going into the program, like tarot cards and spiritual awakening. And I was learning all these things. And once I got in there and then like, I had a coach who was coaching me and like, that's what she would refer to it as is like woo woo. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I had never heard it before. And I was like, and, and when you're so entrenched in it, sometimes you forget that other people are not. And, (laughs) and you're like, Oh yeah. Other people think it's weird. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's funny because I grew up spiritual and my mom's always been spiritual, but my sister is very science-based. She Mm. has a degree in cognitive psychology and has gone into social work and spiritual. She's the type of person, like I have to see it to believe it. Yeah. And I've had so many life experiences that have are enough evidence yeah but it's still she's just like okay and her eyes just kind of glaze over and looks at me like <laughs> I'm a little crazy but I'm like okay right yeah I had but she hasn't experienced exactly. anything yeah yeah but, which is and you can't do any you can't force somebody to see something if because I get it I probably wouldn't believe any of this stuff that I've experienced either until I've experienced yes, it you know exactly. I definitely have been there and so you get it because mm-hmm. you really can't understand it until you experience it. It's true. And I've started looking at people in my life um, based on the age of their soul. Mm, And that has helped me look at from a place of empathy and understanding as well. Yeah. Totally. I I was I'm reading this book called Messages from Michael. Have you heard of it? No. It's about um where did where is that book? I put it somewhere. I don't, I thought it was sitting here. Um, it is about a group of soul. So like this group of people started using a Ouija board and all of a sudden this, this group of this entity came through and started talking to them. Have you heard of, um, conversations with God? Yes. That book? Yes. Okay. So it's kind of similar to that, you know, where it's like, they were basically having a conversation, but it was like a, an entity, like a group of, of souls. Mm-hmm. And in that book, they're talking about the different types of, um, 
souls here on earth, you know, so there's like the young, the baby soul, the young soul, the old soul, the wise soul, and all of the different characteristics and what they might look like. And so that way you can categorize people and realize, okay, well, that's just because, you know, they're reacting that way because they're an old soul or they're a young soul, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, and it also helps you realize like the purpose that they have here on earth as well. Um, so it was just funny that you mentioned that if you, I haven't finished the book, I'm still reading it, but I recommend checking it out if, um, yeah, you're interested in that and anyone else who's listening. I will definitely have to check that out. And then yeah. recognizing that has made it even harder to be a new mom. Yeah. Because I'm like, wait, you're an old soul in a baby's body yeah. and I have to accept <laughs> that you're having human experiences. <laughs> yeah, oh. I know. Seriously. Like it allows you to have so much more compassion and understanding for people and patience yes. and especially your children. Um, I think, was it you? I know I follow you on Instagram and there was a post about like, or no, it was somebody else I think posted um, about realizing that their their child is an old soul. You know, yes. like once you realize your child's an old soul, it kind of takes some pressure off you, right? Yes. Like, I, okay, I don't me. have to know everything and do everything. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and understanding that they might be an older soul than you are is what I posted. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I, maybe it was you. I think I saw it from two different people. So yeah. Tell me about your own spiritual awakening because I just love so much because I've gone through such a similar thing that it kind of was cracked mm -hmm. open after becoming yeah. a mother. Yeah. It really started when I was pregnant. So, um, I, you know, once you, you're, you're pregnant and you realize, oh shit, I need to, I have a whole human being growing inside yep. of me. I really got to take care of my body. Yep. Right. <laughs> and once you do that and you start, you start reflecting on how you've been taking care of your body, you're like, well, shit, I really haven't been taking care of myself that great at all. Like that's really where I was coming from. Like, oh, I thought I was, but no, I really wasn't. And then you start doing, re you know, that's when I started doing research, you know, about, the best to do, you know, especially a first time mom, you know, we always want to do it perfectly. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and that was like, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist in recovery anyway, you know, just like thinking I need to be perfect in life. And so that's where I was coming from with being a mom. But then I started going through all of these, you know, researching topics and especially like vaccines and, um, just like things to eat. And, um, I started getting into essential oils and all, uh, changing all of my products at home to be more natural based. And I became, uh, a part of, I think it was one of my friends. She recommended this breastfeeding support group. And, um, I knew I wanted to breastfeed because like my mom breast breastfed me and um, I had already know, always known that, but I had never really looked into the, the actual benefits or, um, you know, how long to breastfeed because, you know, there's all these stigmas about the length of breastfeeding time. Mm. And that's really what kind of jump started. It was getting into these Facebook groups um, where I, I just got all these, all this brand new information about essential oils and, um, you know, holistic medicine and, and things, uh, you know, uh, breastfeeding and vaccines and, and all that. And then I, I really resonated with all of that and, and just thought like, yeah, actually I would prefer to use things that came from the earth and I don't, why, you know, and then what are in the vaccines? Like, I don't really know if I want to inject that into my baby. And then you, you kind of become like really, you feel responsible for a lot of things, right? Like that's how I felt like I'm really responsible for how this child comes into the world. So I want to make sure that I'm doing, I'm giving them the best opportunity that, that I, I can. And, um, and so, yeah, that was really where it started. And then after I had him, I, there was a brand new side of me that, that awoke, which was 
my feminine side. I started being really creative and, and I started making things and, um, I don't know, like I, I wasn't really conscious of really what was happening. I just realized that I was just started, I was so interested in all these different things. And I, I felt, I just felt more like myself, you know, and, and that's when I started to realize, oh my God, what am I doing in my life? Like I'm, I'm actually kind of miserable in, in, in the relationships I have in, in, um, what I'm doing. Like, I'm not actually happy. Like, and you just start to question, like, why did I decide to do all this stuff? You know, like where, how did I get here and how am I not happy? Like I have a, I have a husband, I know have a, a child. I were married and, um, I have a good job and, that was another thing too, is like, I had a good job, but then I also was like, I don't really like it. It's not fulfilling. I, I went into it wanting it to be fulfilling, but I ended up just dealing with other people's, um, uh, emotional mm-hmm. stuff rather than being it about the purpose, which was about the children, the, the, the community or the, um, oh my gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, um, I don't know the, the, so it was the job I had was, we were supporting um, teen parents. So they have child cares on campus at high schools. And I was a supervisor for three different schools in that area, in my area. And so um, we were supporting teen parents. And I was like really passionate about, yes, we're educating the, not just the children, but also their parents who are still kind of children. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Saying like they're still in high school. And it was something I was really passionate about. But I ended up having to deal with all the teachers' crafts, you know, and that was where I also realized like I really want to make a difference in the world. And, and and be able to support people. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I just started reflecting on the choices that I've made to get my, to myself that, that far and, and realized that I actually wasn't living my life according to what I wanted to do. I was doing it because it was just, it it seemed like the right thing to do. You know, I wasn't really actually giving much thought. Like, yes, I was being guided. I realized I look back and I was being guided in certain areas, like how I chose child development and how I got into that field and, and, and all those things. And I, and when opportunities were presented to me, I jumped on them and I realized that I'm actually really good at taking risks and doing that because I could just feel when it's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it came to relationships is where I, I more realized, like, I just do relationships based on what I think the other person wants and, and it doesn't have anything to do with me. And then I kind of, you know, connected that back to my own childhood and realized that that's just how I grew up in kind of a dysfunctional, um, codependent family. And, that I didn't know how to put myself first and that it actually was okay to put myself first and actually do what I needed to do for myself. Um, and that I had been suppressing like so many things about myself as a woman, as a feminine, which is, which was first and foremost, I think sensuality and sexuality. Like, I think I suppressed that side of myself. And, um, as a woman, like that is so important. Like we are actually meant to experience pleasure like on all levels Mm -hmm. and I don't think it gets talked about enough for women because I think we we see the um the shaming and the the wounded and kind of distorted feminine side of being overly sexual Mm -hmm. or you know like wanting just trying to manipulate or trying to get attention but um which I totally went through all of that stuff you know we all (laughs) kind of go through that stuff and um but that was one of the things I realized I was suppressing in myself um, and judging myself for, for having certain urges or for, um, you know, I was in a relationship. So we started dating when I was 
20, like 21, you know, that's pretty young. Mm -hmm. And, and so we were together for almost 10 years. We ended up separating when I was like 30, I think. Um, and I realized that I suppressed myself a lot in that relationship because I wanted to keep, make him feel comfortable. So like if, if things were to come up, um, and he wasn't comfortable with it, I would just, okay, I guess there's something wrong with me and just stuff it, you know? And, um, and I just realized how I was doing that for years. But for some reason I felt, I thought I had to stay in that relationship because you're, I didn't want to be like my family or like my parents and go through multiple marriages or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I didn't want to have to experience, it was just all out of fear, you know, it was just fear of, um, being myself and, and feeling that there were going to be repercussions for it. And, uh, so I realized that I really, that we weren't really, we kind of outgrew each other. Um, I wasn't happy in the relationship. I, uh, felt like we weren't really compatible because what he needed actually was someone to be. So I all, we, I believe we all have masculine and feminine energies within us. And sometimes even though I'm a feminine, like, um, I'm actually really, I have a really prominent masculine energy as Mm -hmm. well. Um, and it just, it, it actually comes naturally to me. And, I fell into that role in our marriage and I realized that I didn't want to do that. That's not who I want to be. Innately, I am feminine. I want to be feminine. I want to be the woman. I want to be able to take care of my children like a, like a woman and not a man, (laughs) you know? And I realized that that's like kind of the dynamic of our relationship. Um, and he's, he has a little bit more feminine energy and it's not that there's anything wrong with that. Like, I think he's an amazing person. I could never say anything bad about it, but I just realized it just, it didn't work anymore for me. You know, like whatever had worked, it just wasn't working for anymore. And, um, the only thing that I could do was leave because that felt like the best thing for me and my own individual journey was to be able, if I couldn't stay in a relationship and be able to figure out who I was, because as being, um, recovering from codependency, you know, I give up myself or parts of myself for other people. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if I had stayed in that relationship, I wouldn't have been able to fully tap into all of me and awaken all of me. And, um, you know, I make these realizations like kind of years after, but at the time I just knew that it was just something I had to do for myself. And I think that's something in a spiritual awakening too, at least for me, I've realized we have these urges or these, um, these just know these inner knowings that are so deep. And you're just like, I know this may seem crazy to everybody else, but Mm -hmm. I just have to do this. You know, I just have to, and I don't know why, but I just know. And then later you kind of see why, you know, like you kind of realize after the fact, but at the time you're just like, I just have to trust it and just take that leap of faith and go in this direction because I know that there's something there for me. And there, you just, you feel that presence of like urging you so much, just do that, do that. You know, it'll be okay. Just, do it. And, um, that's like what happened. And it was, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was one of the most, it has been over the past three years, been one of the most excruciatingly painful, like, uh, just falling to my knees type of feeling of leaving a relationship that was once for so long, we're, we're very close friends still, and we co-parent well. Um, but I had to go through a really long grieving process and that was, but it wasn't just grieving the relationship. It was like so much grief from everywhere. I've never grieved before. Mm. And that's something else that I think happens in a spiritual awakening, which I don't think people realize is you get triggered by things or people or situations. And it's really meant to bring up all these things that you've suppressed. So it doesn't necessarily have to do specifically with that one situation or person. It could, yes, have to do a little bit with it, but if it's super intense and deep and profound, it 
generally has to do with a lot of things that you've been suppressing. And it's that situation is simply here to show you this needs to be released. You need to look at this. This needs to go or this needs to be healed. Um, and that's what I've realized. And so, you know, of course, I've been through other I've been in other relationships since um, you know, leaving my marriage. And I've also realized like I used to judge myself for that too, thinking like, <laughs> um, it's not okay. Like you just got, you know, you just got out of the marriage, like you should be alone. And, and, but like I was talking about in the beginning, we use other relationships with people to heal ourselves, to show us things about ourselves. And we have urges for a reason. So if you feel like you need to be with a certain person, even though you're kind of like, I don't know, you know, like afraid mm-hmm. of how you're going to be judged by other people. Like that's really what it was. What my biggest lesson is like not caring what other people are thinking about how I'm living my life mm-hmm. because I am getting to the the core of me. I'm doing so much deep in, like inner work that it's actually assisting humanity more than, than is shown on the outside. (laughs) And I just have to trust that trust that there's a reason for everything. Um, which has been difficult at times because I've been through a lot of painful lessons, like a lot of, and, and it's not even that it's just, I just am experiencing a lot of pain. Um, but learning to live with the pain and also be content, like be happy. Like you can, you can experience sadness and happiness at the same time. Mm-hmm. You can experience anger and, and, um, gratefulness at the same time. Like it's been the biggest gift to, to realize that, that we have, that, that it is a gift to feel. And I think that's the biggest thing of a spiritual awakening too, is, is just learning to feel all of our feelings and, not make them wrong. Realize yes. that they're there for a reason. They're there to tell us something. They're they're and they're also not going to last forever. I think that's something that people get stuck in depression or anxiety, you know, and it's we think that it's going to last forever. But the but us thinking that keeps us in that forever, right? right? So our mindset, we need to have a shift in perspective and mindset and realize we just need some tools. We just need some support. We need to shift <clears throat> and that we have the power to do that. And, um, yeah, so that's another thing too, is realizing how much power we actually have over how, what we see in our life. And, um, if you ever listen to Wayne Dyer, I love the way that he talks about it. And so it's all our own perspective. So whatever you're experiencing that day, you're going to go outside and you're going to get reflections of that, Mm -hmm. you know? So if if you're, you wake up and you're having a shitty day and you're running late and you're angry, like you're going to go out and nothing's going to feel right that day, you know? But if you wake up and you're happy, you know, and you go out, everything it like, you're going to get reflections of that coming back to you. Um, it's all just a giant mirror. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, that's, yeah. One of the the biggest things I've realized (laughs) on this spiritual awakening, um, which is deeply like liberating and also very scary at the same time. Yeah. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. I was going to add that it's terrifying. Oh God. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because once you're aware and you're present and you're showing up and you realize how much control it's it's terrifying and it's also so hard to protect your energy after you've put in all the work to keep it aligned yes yes oh my gosh that's one of the biggest things is recognizing when you're you need to be alone to recharge Mm -hmm. you know we all need that but especially those who identify with being 
very sensitive, highly sensitive. Over here, um, raising my yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With her, I mean, we're all sensitive. It's just a matter of how much we allow ourselves to feel it. Yeah. Um, that's what I believe. And so we need that recharge time. So we need to be alone. Um, and we need to also recognize how we feel in certain situations um, and consciously choose not to put ourselves in situations where, and it's not to blame other people or, or situations, but it's to realize, okay, that person's not conscious enough to realize what they're doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like attempting to attempting to steal my energy or attempting to get something from me. They don't realize it. So it's up to us to set those boundaries for ourselves. Yeah. And um, yeah, just remember that we do have the power so we can empower that or we can be at the effect of it um and be a victim and blame other people you know i think that's the hardest thing i've had to go through with going through a spiritual awakening and being more conscious of things that steal my energy or steal my joy Mm -hmm. is the ego side of it of what does everyone think of me Mm -hmm. to know like I am worthy of this and no matter what this person thinks of why I'm pulling away or why I'm acting this way it doesn't matter I think exactly that's been the hardest thing for me to overcome but I think I'm finally in a good place where I've set enough boundaries where people know like oh she's not into into that Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you, exactly. I, I agree. I've, that's been something that's been huge for me. And um, especially with family, you know, and the people that you've mm-hmm. grown up with who know you to be a certain way. And then once you go through an awakening and you're kind of like almost a brand new person doing things differently, sometimes people have a hard time adjusting to that. Yeah. Um, but you can always do it in a loving way. You know, you can, that's where you learn about how to communicate properly yes. and how to be in your center and, and stay aligned with you and not get brought, you know, not get sucked into whatever they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, and to just do it in a loving way and just, and there's always a nice way to communicate. And if somebody gets triggered by what you have to say, and you know that you came across the best way and you weren't insulting or you won't, you weren't disrespectful, there's nothing you can do other than just be like, I'm really sorry that you feel that way. You know, like that's then, and have them, they're going to have to learn how to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. you can't be responsible for other people and what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And I've also learned real quick who the people who just think you're batshit crazy are and oh, to be God, and yeah. to, to walk a very <laughs> fine line of. <laughs> I know it's so true. And sometimes that does get to me. Like I'm going to be honest, like thinking, Oh man, that person thinks I'm crazy. Like yeah. I don't get like down on myself and I'm just like, man, like <laughs> that sucks. Like, that person just called me crazy. Okay. Am I crazy? Like that I actually do check in with myself just to make sure. Like that's something that I I would give myself credit for is like, okay, I allow everyone's perspective and opinion. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I am wrong, right? Sometimes I do need to be checked on certain things. Am I actually acting the way, the way that they're telling me I am, you know, and you can check in with yourself and be like, where was I coming from? Yes. Was I actually coming from a good place? You know, did I do that? And then if you can go back and and feel okay with what you did, then you can realize, okay, that's all coming from them, you know? (laughs) Yeah. had a family member who at the dinner at over dinner, I was just sharing this crazy experience that happened in my family and talking about working with a spiritual advisor and that she was teaching me meditation and all this stuff. And then I hear later that this family member is going to others saying, Oh my gosh, I'm so worried about her. And I think that's why oh she's pulling away because she's seeing a psychic. And I was oh just Lord. like, what is happening? <laughs> what? I know, right? You're like, seriously Uh, it's just and it's so hard in the moment to not feel like it's personal 
I know it's so true, <laughs> but now I can laugh about it. it. I can laugh about yeah. it now, but at the time I was yeah. like, you know, like the smoke coming out of your ears and you're oh, like yeah. that red face emo angry emoji or it's oh, like, God, oh. seriously. <laughs> yep. You're like, I need to go punch something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it's true. And it just shows you how close-minded people can be. And we, you know, we just, we can't, that's something the biggest, I think I've made, I've made the huge, the biggest leap recently in not taking on other people's shit, Mm -hmm. like, and realizing, okay, that's all their own stuff. I'm actually like, you know, if I can be okay with what I'm doing and feel good about what I'm doing, then it doesn't matter what they think or feel, or, you know what I mean? It's like, you just have to go through that process when those emotions do come up. It's almost like when you talk to a child and they're having like an irrational fear or they're upset about something and they don't fully understand, like, say it's like a social situation. Like, you know, I have to do that with my son where he'll be like, this person did this. And I, you know, I didn't like that, you know, and then you kind of have to be like, oh, well, what happened? And you go through the situation and you kind of have to see both sides of it. And then separate it and be like, well, it's probably because they were doing that. Or did you tell them this? Or, you know, like being able to dissect a situation really helps you um, to get out of it emotionally, Mm -hmm. you know, like, (laughs) and reflect on it and realize why it's happening. Yes. My husband always makes fun of my family because we tend to psychoanalyze people a lot, (laughs) (laughs) but it's from a place of just understanding where they're coming from emotionally and why they're acting the way they are. And it just goes back Mm -hmm. to what we were talking about earlier of just, Hey, maybe this person is a newer soul. They haven't had enough life experiences to be on this certain level of consciousness yet and that's okay yeah. and I'm just mm-hmm. here as part of their journey to help them learn and yeah. be along for the ride and that has helped yeah. me the most just again approach it from a place of empathy and love because yes. as frustrating as it is the only thing that we can do is be leaders and lead the way mm-hmm. yeah Totally. And that's something I definitely have noticed for me in romantic relationships where I'm coming from a place of like asking questions and like wanting to understand what the person's experiencing, not to be, you know, like nosy or to judge them, you know, and I think that sometimes people get if they're not aware or if they don't fully get it, like they think you're judging them Mm -hmm. or, you know, like if you overhear, like you said, your family talking about people where you're quote unquote psychoanalyzing them, it's not because you're trying to judge them for what they're going through. It's because you really just want to understand so that you can learn from them. And then you can also learn how to react to them in a way that's going to be supportive and not like, you know what I mean? Like just learning how to interact with each other. Mm -hmm. I think that's because we are all so unique and different. We all have different perspectives on life and the way we see things. It's, It's important for us to get these experiences and learn about each other so that we can be adaptable in in any situation and and not feel like we're going to be threatened because we know that okay that person's just experiencing that or I can actually speak up and ask something and be like hey what's going on with you and you know understand and come from a place of a higher perspective rather than like oh that person's just an asshole and she's being a bitch and you know yeah. like judging judging somebody and labeling them when really they're just experiencing something that's difficult. And mm-hmm. that's, that's why people do things like that. They're, they're afraid they're, or they're, they just don't fully get what they're experiencing. And so they project it outwardly. It's so true. And it's, it's yeah. such a hard thing to accept. Mm. <laughs> yes. Especially if you're, you feel like you're being attacked by somebody yes. else or someone's projecting their stuff onto you and you're like, mm-hmm. really? Like, 
<laughs> do you really have to be like that? Like sometimes you do want to be like, you're being an asshole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then be like, I've done that before where sometimes, you know, like I, sometimes I, <laughs> it's like in our cars, like when we're driving is like when we think it's okay to like <laughs> let all that stuff out because nobody can hear us. Right. Yeah. Um, and I get road rage sometimes. And like, there's been times where I'm like, God, you asshole. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. And I'm like, actually apologizing to the person and like catching myself and be like, you're probably just having a bad day. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so funny you say that because no matter how much mindfulness, Zen, spiritual work I've done to be present in the moment, there is nothing that just sends me right back to day one, the New Jersey drivers. <laughs> I've never been there, but I can imagine like I've heard. <laughs> I can't like it ever. And, it, and I understand that it comes from a place that I'm frustrated that people are yeah. selfish and yes. they don't have any concern for other people's safety. Yes. Right. So it's coming from a place of that. But every time I'm yeah. just like, motherfucker, like, do you, do you mm-hmm. not learn a four way stop when you had to take your driver's test? <laughs> every person stops, you wait kindly in the order that you came to the stop sign, and then you go, and people just blow through stop signs. Like, I know. And I mean, it's just as bad out here in California. I live near LA. So, oh, like, yeah. it's it's just as bad. Yeah. Like, it's pretty bad out here. I don't like driving in LA because of that reason. Yeah. Um, my point, but yeah, it had to. We, when we went last year, I, um, I told her I would drive because I was used mm-hmm. to the aggressive driving. And then I ended up having really bad allergy eyes where I like, Oh no! My eyes. Something about the pollen that was happening in California at the time. Oh geez, of course. <laughs> had to drive, and she was like having a meltdown, and I felt so oh, no. bad. But yeah, I used to not be able to do that. I used to have everyone else drive. Like, yeah, it used to be too yeah. much for me. But now I'm like a, I'm a little bit. You have to be a defensive driver. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you really have to. Like, I don't when know. When I first moved to New Jersey, I moved here for a boy who I thought I was going to marry, and mm-hmm. I had never driven like this in my entire life because I grew up in cow country where like rush hour traffic was the cows crossing the road to like go eat dinner yeah Yeah. I moved to New Jersey for him and a week after I moved here he broke up with me Mm. and I was like crap how am I gonna (laughs) get anywhere like I cannot drive in this I have no idea like and then I knew I had finally made it when I was eating Chipotle driving down the Garden State Parkway during rush hour traffic. And I was like, this is yes. life. I've I've made it and I've I did it. <laughs> That's amazing. I know seriously you can eat and drive at the same time like <laughs> and be fine. And yeah, I know. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, there was something I was gonna say about something that you said, but no, I can't remember. It will come to you in like the middle. I know. Yeah. If it's important, it'll, I know. Yeah. (laughs) I'll email you. No, Um, it'll be, if it's supposed to come out, it will. (laughs) I have two questions for you to end this podcast. The first one is, I think that we find everything as we need it. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are starting to wake up right now. We're Mm -hmm. shifting us light workers, star seeds, whatever you want to call us, who yeah. are shifting this consciousness and raising the vibrations. Um, so someone who needs to hear this message is going to find it. So what's your advice mm-hmm. for someone who's going through a spiritual awakening and kind of like, what do I do now? Yeah, but- um, definitely find the people who make you feel accepted, not ju- you know who are non-judgmental um 
actively search. You're going to have to actively search for that community and that support, um, or they're going to show up in your life. And, um, but generally you have to seek it out. Also don't doubt yourself. Like really, if you have this inner knowing that, you know, you're just going through this period of time. Sometimes I think we, we think there's something wrong with us. Like don't, don't doubt yourself that what you're experiencing isn't for a higher purpose, um, that it's, it's not going to last forever, that there are people out there who are willing to just listen to you, to support you. It's okay to experience anything that you're experiencing and feeling. Don't be afraid to just like, I don't know, just be yourself, you know, don't, don't go back. I guess it's like, don't regress. Don't, if you've already come this far, don't start going back and thinking, like I need to try to fit in again because it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So always looking forward and, and, and really just trust yourself and what you're feeling and know that it's always for a reason. Yes. I, it, that reminded me of the, one of my favorite sayings, like you haven't come this far only to come this far. Yeah, exactly. It's not the end. There's so much more on the other, like there's, we're continuously growing and learning. You're simply, if you're going through a a dark period, it's just a phase. It will eventually clear and you'll feel, you know, it's, and that there are ways to, to experience life, like simultaneously, you know, like I was saying, you can experience being very depressed, but also very happy and grateful at the same time. And it's just a matter of tapping into our ability to do that and trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. So I like to end this podcast, which we kind of just went through this, but I know Mm -hmm. you have more wise words of just words (laughs) of wisdom for anyone listening who might need to pick me up or that courage Mm. to come out of the spiritual closet per se. What are your wise words to end on? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. Oh, I know. Right. Um, Fuck. Just trust yourself. Uh, You know, nobody else is living your life. You are the only person who can say what feels good to you, what is what you're meant to do. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, like if you're a male or female or if you're um, you know, gay, straight, it doesn't matter. Like you're the person living your life. At the end of the day, you know, do people's judgments of you really matter? Like are you are you going to get to the end of your life and regret living it? Like I think that is sometimes what keeps us from doing things is the fear of um, just, yeah, like what's going to happen to us, you know, are there actual consequences to what you're experiencing and what you're doing? Like, or are you just making all that up in your head? So like realize that you have the power to shift at any moment. Energy is always moving and changing. If something feels like it's never going to get better, that's just a limited thought that you can then choose to not give into. Um, so I feel like it's just trust yourself, trust that you wouldn't be going through something unless there was a higher purpose. And even if you can't see it right now, eventually you're going to, you're going to get to a place where it's going to be like, Oh yeah, I can see why I needed to experience that because now I get to support other people who are experiencing the same things. And then that's going to be the biggest gift of all. When you realize that what you go through is actually a contribution to humanity and humanity's awakening.
Thank you for listening to the Enlightened Podcast, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood and celebrates every journey. If you would like to be part of our community of amazing and soulful women, find us on Instagram at Enlightenedhood. For real motherhood stories and inspirational articles, you can check us out online at enlightenedhood.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Until next time, you mindful mamas.